Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. On this episode, we're going to talk about grief, about death and dying and suffering, and also beauty and lightness and the thin veil between here and there. We are really plunging in this week, okay? We're going dark. And that's on purpose. Partially because grief is such a universal experience, and yet we don't really know how to talk about it and really not how to deal with it super well. And partially because I like to get into the deep stuff, and I want to take you through this concept and show you what else it can be. And personally, I want to dive in because we just had the 11th remembering of my brother's death, so it has freshened my mind and heart. There are all types of deaths that have brought people to my office. Miscarriages, failed marriages, murder, people who have lost their family or faith community when they came out as openly gay, the death of identity that comes up with infertility, losing a job, a house, a friendship, dreams that have died. All of it is a grief. And death is so tragic. It can be so flooding and overwhelming and somehow it's shameful because we don't know what to do with it. And so we go inside ourselves. And by the time the griever has reached my couch, they're usually numb, paralyzed by their loss, and pretty shut off. A lot of the work of grief counseling is providing concrete information in an effort to give something firm for people to stand on rather than the dark mercurial feelings associated with loss. And so we talk about the stages of grief, shock, denial, bartering, depression, acceptance. At first pass, most people assume that this is a linear checklist. Shock, check. Denial, check. Depression, check. And so on. And they can feel utterly offended or confused when denial or depression come back up because they went through that already. And so we reframe or we reconceptualize that the stages of grief are not at all linear, but more like a spiral staircase. If you were looking from the top down, it might look like a circle or a cycle you can't escape from, just going round and round. But when you look from the side, you were able to see that there is movement, progress. There is a rising up through these stages, maybe revisiting them again, but elevated by perspective and time and healing. A spiral staircase, not a straight path. And let's talk about time for a second. What is the most overused statement about time and pain? Can you guess what it is? Have you heard it? Time heals all wounds. People use all sorts of refrains and cliches, phrases to talk about death. It's like all of a sudden they don't know what to say, and so they opt for the most available statement on the subject. I can remember when my brother passed and all the crazy things people told me. 
the most used ones besides apologizing was the time heals all wounds sentiment. And then there was God won't give you more than you can handle. And my all-time favorite, I know exactly what you are going through. My dog just died. I know they were trying. I know that they were trying to say, I see you. I see your pain. And I wish I could make it better for you. But they didn't say that. And it's because we're so lacking in language to meet someone where they are at and when they are in the midst of suffering. And that's why we're talking about this today, to kind of put language to this dark amoebic space. A couple bylaws when trying to say something nice. Don't tell someone you understand if you don't. And don't compare their human loss to your creature loss. And please don't tell them time will solve it. The time thing really always tripped me up. I was like, one, that's not comforting because I can't control time. And two, there are so many wounded people walking around that time has done nothing for. And there was this poem I read when I was deep in my grief, my dark days, I call them, right after my brother died. And this poem, it was beautiful. It was brutal. It was honest. And that made it refreshing. I'm going to read it for you. It's by Edna St. Vincent Millay. Time does not bring relief. You all have lied, who told me time would ease me of my pain. I miss him in the weeping of the rain. I want him at the shrinking of the tide. The old snows melt from every mountainside, and last year's leaves are smoke in every lane. But last year's bitter loving must remain, heaped on my heart, my old thoughts abide. There are a hundred places where I fear to go, so with his memory they brim. And entering with relief some quiet place where never fell his foot or shone his face, I say, there is no memory of him here. And so stand stricken, so remembering him. That is what it's like, really like. All-encompassing grief at every turn, even in the experiences I haven't lived into, thick and black like tar, sticking to everything. Time feels like a cheap consolation prize in the face of that kind of suffering. All the cliches and phrases people say, they're kind of like distractions, things we say to try and move away from the big pain, like emotional squirrels. When really, we need to grab grief by the collar and stare him in the face and demand it be our teacher. So I will say things to people who are suffering like, this is the worst, isn't it? The absolute worst. And usually with some sort of expletive because talking about death requires cuss words sometimes. I tell them that grief will come in waves and that you are the shore. A wave of crushing depression will crest and break on top of you. Let it break and wash over you. Another wave will come, a memory, a good one. Let it cover you. And then another wave, a spark of hope and determination. Let it rise and run over you. You just need to be the beach. The waves will all come. Just let them ebb and flow. You are the beach the biggest, baddest beach in town, and you will survive this storm. The depth of grief is often evidence of the depths of the connection you shared, 
It's like somehow the energy it took to love that person while they were here on earth still needs to be released or exchanged. Like it still wants to take up the same amount of space in the universe. And which is why grief is so important. That relationship wants to continue, and it does through the super messy process of continuing to love them, join them, stay connected. If you have grieved someone, you will understand this. There seems to be such a thin veil between here and there, whatever the there is to you. Sometimes in therapy, someone will have a story so similar to my own. It feels like a parallel universe. You know, it's in these moments where I feel like some of the pain I have experienced becomes more acceptable when it relieves someone else's suffering. Like there is a return on those dark days, a positive payback. Not worth it, but worthy. I would still give anything to go back and not live those things, honestly. So seeing someone truly benefit from what I have been through doesn't feel worth it, but it feels worthy, like my experiences with death and loss become treasured as I see them become a light for someone else's darkness. And I would choose that every single day. So I guess that kind of puts me in the place of acceptance right now. I accept, I received these hard truths, these realities I can't change, the people I can't bring back, the relationships I wish were different. I hold all that with open hands, accepting how those experiences become different in different seasons, like origami, my loss being folded into someone else's strength, my depression being unfolded and reconfigured into a beautiful paper crane, a symbol of peace. When I spoke at my brother's memorial service, I told everyone a story about a little boy I used to babysit for. He was so cute. He was really attached to his pacifier and his blanket and his bottle, but he called him his binky, blanky, and baba, the trifecta of bees. And when his parents would leave, he would just break down and become absolutely hysterical. He would desperately cling to these comfort items, standing right in front of me, begging to be held. But now these things that bring him comfort became a hindrance to being held. They became an obstacle. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like I literally, I couldn't get to him. I couldn't hold him because he was determined to hold on to all these other things. So there was this impasse. If he would let down even one of those items so I could hold him and rub his back, soothe him and remind him that they will come back for him. Sometimes we prevent ourselves from the comfort we really need. From the comfort that will take away the hurt, but we can't because we haven't let go of our old stuff, our childhood stuff, the stuff that used to work and maybe doesn't anymore. What is standing in your way of being held by truth, comfort, grace? What are you clinging to that you need to let go of in order to receive the thing you are actually after? I will tell you, some of the things I needed to let go of were this idea that suffering was unfair. I was in resistance to this concept. I couldn't accept that this is a reality. We all suffer. It just felt so unfair to me. When my brother died, I felt like I had kind of already had my fair share. And if you know my story, you would agree. So why this too? I needed to let go of outdated, simple wisdom 
that used to sate my spirituality. The idea that I won't be given more than I can handle. I had to really quickly live through all these sentiments to realize that they just didn't hold anymore. I needed a more grown-up faith perspective. I needed something substantial, meaty, experienced. So here's what happened when I let that stuff down. My capacity for deep suffering only further deepened my capacity for deep joy. It was like pain had somehow grooved out this new space where joy could also go. Life got real, like real, real. I knew the answer to the age-old question that it is better to love and lose than to have never loved at all. And so I pressed into my relationships with this fierce love and purpose. I felt freed to really love well because I knew I could withstand the loss. I became resilient. I didn't wonder what it would be like if I went through that hard thing. I knew it. And I stood on it. When I set down my stuff, other new stuff took its place. Hope. Mischief. The good kind. The ability to not hold all the things so intensely, which has translated into my parenting. To be able to be messy and in the moment, because it is what we have and it is rich when I enter into it. There is something on the other side and it is good. There is life on the other side of grief. Good life. The only way to it is through it. So hold on. If you were here with me today, if we were sitting on this couch and we were holding your story of grief, where would you be on your way to freedom? I would want to know what's coming up now And maybe what experiences you have had where you told yourself that those are over and old and done, but are really just festering seeds of bitterness and resentment. Harsh, huh? But I care about you enough to dig up the big stuff and not just leave you there with it. I would tell you that while you have suffered alone, you don't have to heal alone. I would remind you that we are wildly capable of healing. And all you need to do is be the beach. The biggest, baddest, most beautiful beach. Next week, we're talking about the F word. So you don't want to miss it. Thanks for listening. To connect with me, suggest a topic for the show, or ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered, Email me at elise at trailercast.com. E-L-Y-S-E at trailercast.com. You can also see more on the TrailerCast website or follow me on Instagram at TrailerCast, where you can watch the renovation of my vintage mobile office and see more from behind the scenes. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends. 